What's up, food history nerds? I'm Celine Roberts, and you're listening to 5 Minutes in Food History. Today, we return to Washington, PA for the final episode in our Whiskey Rebellion series. Washington's army has arrived, but fallen ill on the long march through the mountains. Our crafty whiskey makers use this advantage to hoodwink the nascent government, leading to the country's first rebellion. Ellen Huff continues with the story. Most of the farmers that had the stills in November left, and they went down the Ohio River. Some of them were in Ohio. Some of them went further to the Mississippi. They just followed their whiskey is what they did. But the army camped there on property now that is W&J's campus, and they had to bring in doctors because half the army was sick. They had marched here in November over the mountains, and you know, we have terrible weather in Pittsburgh. So they were sick. So that gave the men who owned the stills time to hide them. What happened here then was, after the army started to get better, Alexander Hamilton and Light Horse Harry Lee tried to make a list of the men that they could arrest. So they would go to the different farms and no one would be there. And the story was that at Ginger Hill, they arrived at what had been set up as sort of a tavern. And they went in because they heard that there was a still. But again, they knew that the army was coming. The farmers stuck together in Mingo Creek. They told each other what was happening. The women who waited on those soldiers that day delayed the soldiers with funny stories about a ginger drink that they could make with whiskey. And they got the men drunk, so drunk, that the farmers that had the still were able then to actually take and hide the still. So the next morning, the soldiers are all waking up, realizing they were supposed to arrest the farmers, and everything was gone. So that is the closest call, I think, that I've heard of them. Most of the other stills they pretty much got rid of, so that when the army got here, what they arrested people for was the crime of sedition, which was erecting liberty poles. And liberty poles, the reason that was a crime is the description of sedition is it incited people to rise up against their government. So that was a crime back then. So the men that they ended up arresting were not actually guilty of anything that involved distilling. And so they had gone to a tavern in Monongahela, the dreadful night, where they were actually going into people's homes and dragging them out and throwing them into the basement of this tavern. And the men that they had thrown into the basement weren't farmers, they didn't own stills, but they had been associated with either liberty poles or trying to incite people to rebel against the government. They brought them here and put them in pens at W&J, which wasn't W&J, but where the army was, they didn't even give them roofs at night. So by the time they started marching, they had been sitting outside in the rain and the cold through Thanksgiving and were now marching over the mountain to Philadelphia. They marched them into Philadelphia on Christmas Day. The church bells rang. George Washington came out on his porch and waved, yay, we quelched the rebellion. And then 
the week after Christmas, George Washington found out that most of them didn't own stills, and so he pardoned them all. So the people that were supposed to be hung for treason, for inciting rebellion against the government, ended up all walking home. They all came back home. The only thing that they got out of it was that it was too much trouble to try to arrest people for violating federal laws, so they decided to set up the circuit courts. People don't realize that about the Whiskey Rebellion, is that it was a huge change to the young government. The way that they had set it up didn't seem to work. And they found out that taxation didn't seem to work. No one ended up ever paying whiskey excise tax. And in 1803, Thomas Jefferson repealed the law. What good is a law if you can't enforce it? So it was peaceful rebellion, but it changed the government nonetheless. For five more minutes in food history, visit www.pghcitypaper.com or subscribe to City Paper Podcasts in iTunes. Go to our archives to hear our series on absinthe or listen to episodes on topics like the history of bitters. To learn more about the Huff family and their distillery, Mingo Creek Craft Distillers, go to www.libertypolespirits.com. Their peated bourbon was the 2017 recipient of the gold medal from the American Craft Spirits Association. So if you're a local, I highly suggest stopping by to quaff a pour and meet the Huffs. We'll check up with you soon, but until then, go make some history of your own.